This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet, presented by American Grappler. I got more swagger than Mick Jagger, more sex appeal than Vince Neil. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut. They are dreaming of just one night, just one night with a man such as myself. Any and everything goes. I am the king of Connecticut. I was raised with class and sophistication. And now, from Norwalk, Connecticut, weighing in at 230 pounds, if George Clooney had muscles, they call him the king of Connecticut. The one, the only, Matt Granite. It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants. I am your host, the suntan superman, the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan. And I am joined by my esteemed host, the one and only golden voice of Chicago, Brian Snow, the snowman. Brian, are you there? Snowman's in the house, your majesty. Excellent. Well, without further ado, we're going to get into this uh, this episode. And this is going to be a real interesting episode. We're going to take you behind the scenes of MMA marketing and MMA booking, and we're going to follow this up with a 12-minute clip from the meeting notes that I had with uh, Spike TV executive when we were doing the rebranding project, and I should I should kind of set this up and explain. This was done in, it was either late 2012 or early 2013. I was approached uh, to be a contracted prime marketing consultant and at the time uh, I was uh, president of American Combat Association we had just been featured in UFC magazine in 2011 for our SICS clinics and I was doing a lot of a lot of radio interviews and that's how that's how these guys first identified me uh, this these one particular executive from Spike was doing his research trying to figure out how to set up this team, this three-group team, had heard me on a serious satellite show back in 2011, 2012, talking about my MMA booking philosophy. Now, at that time, I had been competing in MMA prior to that, and I had been doing, and I think I was telling everybody I wore every hat you could wear on a Bush League scene as far as competitor, coach, corner man broadcaster, ring announcer, referee, and I had, I had just hosted the uh, Warrior Island reality series. So 
he heard me and he heard my whole philosophy and he brought, put me on this team. And at that time, Bellator was going to Spike TV. Now, if folks may not remember, this was when UFC got a TV deal with Fox mm-hmm. and with the Fox Sports franchise. So UFC had always been identified with Spike TV and, and the Spike TV guys were freaking out because basically it was the UFC that put Spike TV on the map. Brian, you remember uh, the Ultimate Fighter reality series? I sure do. Yeah, now it was, that was huge and everybody remembers that and I talk about that period of time that, that, that couple of years as being the peak for the UFC because with the Ultimate Fighter reality series, it was the first time that this cage fighting was being seen by the masses. Prior to that, it had been somewhat of an underground sport. And folks remember back with like John McCain uh, and uh, other politicians that were trying to ban it, calling it human cockfighting. Right. That was back when the, before there were rounds and, and uh, time limits and weight classes and and it had that had that stigma. It was never mainstream. And the Ultimate Fighter coincided with Spike TV's emergence. So that was what was synonymous with Spike TV and, and put them on the map. So these guys were freaking out when UFC signed this deal with Fox. I mean, just imagine it, Brian. Imagine like Arena Sports Network. If I was to tell you tomorrow, the King's Court is going over to ESPN. How would you feel about that? I'd die. I'd, I'd totally be freaking out because it's one of our more popular shows on the network. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, to a lot of people, the Arena Sports Network hopefully oh, yeah. is synonymous with the King's Court. Mm-hmm. And that was a situation. So, basically, I was asked to be a part of this three-man marketing team. And the team was headed up by a marketing guy. Uh, and I'm a marketing guy. You know, I have a degree in marketing. But a guy who was specifically with this marketing company. But it was a company called Three Group. And Three Group was a it really had a great concept. They had one of their own guys who was their marketing guy. And then they selected two industry knowledgeable uh, folks to join this three man team. So it was, it was this one guy who was from the, from the three group marketing team and then me. And when they contacted me, I suggested that they bring in John Shattuck you know, who's been on this show and Mm -hmm. who's a brilliant mind. You know, he's an MMA gym owner, uh, promoter. He's he's wearing every hat you can wear, also a fighter, and has has a brilliant mind in the business. So it was the three of us. And what you're going to hear in this 12-minute clip is essentially the marketing plan that Bellator has been using for the last several years, and it's been quite uh, successful for them. Now, something else you're going to hear this guy, this Spike executive talk about in this in this meeting is 
he is so fixated on this tournament, and he's going to use the word, the term fight master, fight master. And he, he's a nice guy, really nice guy. And, and I opened up his eyes um, to what they should be doing to promote and to, to basically keep the, the, the ratings that they had with UFC. But it took him a while to get it because mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to be able to tell in this clip, the guy's completely clueless about MMA booking. And he's got this bizarre tunnel vision about this tournament, about this fight master. So the clip pretty much speaks for itself, and we're gonna we're gonna play the clip. But think about it. I want you to after you hear this, I want you to think about what I'm saying in this clip when you first hear it is that they need to recreate the fireworks that essentially made Spike TV a household name, made UFC a household name. And that was the main event between Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Now, they already had Stefan Bonner at this point. They had signed Stefan Bonner, and they didn't know what to do with him. They were going to put him in this Fight Master tournament. And you'll hear in the clip, I'm telling this guy, <laughs> you get Forrest Griffin. He's at the end of his MMA career, or UFC career. You bring him in, and you recreate the, the fight that put UFC on the map. And the guy can't get it. He's, he, he, you know, it's, it's hilarious in this clip. And it, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I've got to give my thoughts on it. It was like, I was beating the guy over the head, beating him senseless verbally to try to explain to him. He's like, do you mean uh, we put them in the tournament, in the fight master? <laughs> and uh, he goes, are you, or, what are you talking about? Are you talking about actually booking a fight between these two? <laughs> the guy's a nerd. You know, he's a pencil neck geek. Uh, you know, he's a complete pencil neck geek. And, and, and you know, I, and, I, and I'm... And I'm setting him straight, but this guy is such a geek, and yeah. he's such a nerd. I mean, the guy—he's he, one of those guys, like Jim Cornette said. Uh, you know, and I love this quote: uh, "If he was ever found himself in a men's locker room, he'd be whistling Stranger in Paradise." <laughs> Jim Cornette, one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to steal that line from Jimsy there, but uh, yeah. Just the guy's just a he's just a pencil neck geek. But I was extremely proud to see that I turned this guy around and my ideas were utilized by Bellator and to this day and the marketing plan itself was written by the the gentleman from Three Group. Uh, but he he utilized our input. He had no real input of his own, but he was smart enough when you don't know anything, you're smart enough to sit back and let people that do know tell you. And that was really what created what you've seen over the years. Shamrock, Gracie, King Mo, who's been a regular here on our show, uh, versus Rampage Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, Chael Summon versus Vanderlei Silva. Uh, Matt Mitrione versus Fedor. I could go on and on. Bellator is what it is. 
today because of what you are going to hear in the next 12 minutes. So without further ado, we are pulling the curtain back like no other show has ever done. And we are going to let you see behind-the-scenes marketing for one of the top two major MMA promotions in the world, Bellator. Let's, let's roll it, Brian. Tape rolling. Fighting now, 
And it was, uh, Ben Askren and King Mo. And I knew King Mo because he's also signed with the TNA Wrestling and, and there's been a lot of press about him. And I remember King Mo, you know, from Japan and from Strike Force and he was always an exciting fighter. Okay. So when he lost that fight, which is a huge upset, huge upset. When he lost that fight, yeah, I, I kind of lost a little bit of interest. Uh, because there, and this goes back to what I was saying about there needing to be something, something compelling about guys for you to want, at least, at least for most, most fans to want to, want to tune in. King Mo was somebody who used to always come out with the ladies. Yeah. Uh, he had good mic skills. You know, he was an exciting fighter as far as I consider exciting. Uh, and the guy that fought him just knocked him out and, and I didn't really care to see that guy again. You know, it was, it was kind of like a buzzkill for me yeah. to want to tune in. And, it, and I had that guy, been a, the guy that beat him, been a little bit more electric or maybe a little bit more marketable. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Or had there been someone else on that card or another feud on that card that was created, you know, to where they were two guys uh, were going to fight and they, and they gave me a compelling reason to want to watch the next show, then I would have been more excited about it. Yeah. Well, that's a good point because in, in the last uh, final of the, the Bellator uh, tournament, um, you had all first matches were basically first round knockouts or chokeouts like within a, a minute. Um, yeah. Do you, do you see this kind of a free for all? I mean, uh, um, or, or let me. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, I lost you there. Yeah, something bugged out. Um, so anyway, sorry about that. But um, I got to. So I'll just rephrase the question. Basically, sure. what I was getting at is, in terms of format again, you got you know a tournament that could be a free for all. But I was just going to turn the question around and. You know, you've got love or love him or hate him. You know, Dana White. He serves a purpose at the UFC, and that is, you know, um, hyping fights and and, and you know, um, emceeing conference calls and and kind of, you know, you would imagine working on the sequence of the fights and all that. Um, yeah. do, you, do you appreciate a role like that? Is that something that's completely missing from uh, from the Bellator camp, or you know, how, how do you kind of? Oh yeah, yeah. you gotta have, uh, you've, you've got, it's gotta have an entertainment value. And Dana White brings an entertainment value to, uh, to MMA. And, and if you remember Dana White, uh, there was a, uh, there was a, a two-part special back a few years ago where Dana White was gonna box Tito Ortiz. And it was all about the, um, the heat between Dana White and Tito Ortiz. And they were going to box each other, and Tito probably would have killed him. And Dana White was very theatrical about it. He dropped his f bombs, you know. Uh, he rips into Tito. That was that was uh, definitely uh, some theater, and it was essentially a takeoff on, you know, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon is is the one Dana White gets a lot of his ideas from. He consults with, and and really kind of used that that same model of where. Uh, Lesson where they bought out all the territories, uh, Dana White's done the same thing in purchasing Pride and WEC and Strike Force, and he wants to be the only game in town. Um, they, they need somebody like that at Bellator. They need somebody who's colorful, who's kind of like you know, the owner or the commissioner. I don't really follow the inner workings of Bellator. I don't know who their president is. You, know, you, want the, you want the fans to be more vested in the company than just what's going on. Uh, in the actual uh, octagon itself or in the actual cage itself. And people 
Jones. Yeah. 
another from a marketing perspective, you know, right. start selling tickets and getting interest. Right. Well, I want to go back to, I know you're probably getting to your destination soon, right? So maybe I have one. Actually, am yeah, at my destination, standing outside. Well, all right. Now somehow we gotta we gotta break it down and then build it back up after that monstrous face-off. So I gotta take you way back. 92. This is from a record called The Extremist. This song is called Cry.
too handsome. He's too handsome for Hollywood. He's too sexy. He's too sexy for his own good. This is the King of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, host of The King's Court, telling you to go to the Amazon Kindle store and pick up a copy of my new book, Too Handsome for Hollywood, The World According to the Suntan Superman, with the foreword by the UFC Hall of Famer, Dan the Beast Severn. He's too handsome. He's too handsome for Hollywood. He's too sexy. He's too sexy for his own good. Yeah, yeah. $9.99. Pick it up today. Too handsome for Hollywood. The Amazon Kindle store. You'll be glad you did. Thank mm-hmm. you.